0: I'm entitling the message, Preparing for the Coming of the Holy Spirit. Preparing for the Coming of the Holy Spirit. We are in anticipation of a visitation. That's kind of the the series of what I'm going to be sharing with you in the next few uh, days and weeks. We are anticipating... Once again, and God has blessed us so much in the past. But we believe the best days are ahead. And we are anticipating a visitation from the Lord that's greater than anything we've ever experienced. And I can't even imagine what that must be like. But we have to understand what it means for God to show up. It's not a building program, it's not a, just a new way of doing something. What it is, It is a time when a major step is taken to fulfill the promise that God has for His church and for us here at Sagemont, for this church specifically. And I want you to read or listen to me as I read John chapter 15. I want to read to you verses 4 through 7. Abide in me, And I in you. Now, this is Jesus speaking. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth fruit. For without me, listen, you can do nothing. Could I repeat that? For without me, you can do nothing. You know, you can get in something like this and you say, As for me, I plan to do nothing. Well, we can, none of us can do anything without him. But we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Let me go on with the scripture. If a man not, abide not in me, then he's cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and they cast it into the fire, and they're burned. But listen, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it will be done not unto the others, but unto you. Let me move to the 12th verse of the 15th chapter of John. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you We're to love each other. Greater love has no man than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends, if you do whatever I command you, the Lord says. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what the Lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Let me move to the 18th through the 21st verse to bring our our text to a conclusion. If the world hates you, listen, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates us and hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant's not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, Jesus says, they're going to persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake. Now listen, because they know not him that sent me. Every one of us needs to understand we're on a mission. We're on a mission. This is a heavenly mission appointed by God, ordained by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. His bride, the church, is the center of attention. At this time in all of our lives, if we're a part of the church, we're in the the midst of a time when God is going to visit his bride, the church. When he comes, he's going to come in a way like he's never come before. He is going to do things with your life and my life that we've never seen done before. If our commitment is to follow him. As we look in the last few weeks, as we have seen revival, VBS, Worship services that have been great, camp time, Bible conferences, mission trips, go on and on with the list. God is moving towards something that nothing else is like. Only he can do this. His plan is very, very, very clear. And I've got three points for you this morning no point, just three points that I want you to go away with. Number one, I want you to know what your personal relationship with God is. What is your personal relationship with God right now? Do you feel like I've been thrown aside? Do you feel like when you say, Preacher, and you read all power is given to him in heaven and in earth. I don't, I don't feel power. I don't feel love. I don't feel forgiven. I don't feel a part. Is that the answer? I hope not. But before we go any further, and you can go any further, before you fill out envelopes, sign names, turn in this, do this, those are important, and we must do them. But the first thing we have to do is to know what is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Have you ever been born again? Oh yeah, I've been a church member for 50 some years. I didn't ask that question. I said, have you ever been born again? Has there ever come a time in your life when you realized you were like everybody you knew, they were sinners. And now you are one. I have always been one and you have. Now, We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. None are righteous, no, not one. I'm just quoting little phrases out of the Scripture. But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did you do that? If you have done it, just say amen. Amen. Did he save you? Amen. Has he thrown you away? No, absolutely not. But my dear friend, it's not your relationship with religion. A lot of people have relationships with religion quite often. We have a word for that. It's called backsliding. We walk into church and then we slide out after about six more weeks. And then we walk back in a few months later and then we slide back. But what is your relationship with God? Do you know that you know if Jesus Christ comes today... You're going to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. If somebody you know and love, and today we have several in our church family and are very close to our church family that are very critically ill at this very moment. Some we're just hearing about this morning since I've arrived at church. And what we must understand right now, none of us are going to be used by God in vision unless We get right with God. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth and the whole congregation to show himself strong in behalf of people whose heart is right with him or perfect with God. Now, that's a private thing, folks. Nobody can get you right with God. Only you can do that. But the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you can be saved. If you're willing to call upon him and invite him into your life and say take over my life, I'm not doing this to add to my life insurance policy, eternal life. I'm not trying to make a deal that after I die and they've buried me and the last tear has been wiped and the flowers have died at the grave. And it's all over with. No. I know. I know. That if I die today. I'm absent from the body. But I'm present with the Lord. And whether you experience envision vision. Or I experience envision, vision. Here. Or there. Makes no difference. But it makes a big difference. Where God is. In all of our lives. I beg you, those of you that have been around church all your life and religion all your life, I beg you to get by yourself. Open up the word. If the only scripture you know is John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that's you and that's me, believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We can have envision from here looking up or we can be up there looking down. Many, many hundreds of former members of Sagemont Church are looking down today. But the first thing is your relationship with God. If you'll remember when Jesus left this earth to go back to the Father, This is what he told them. This is is exactly where, where where he started. He said, you're going to have to be right with God. You're going to have to be right with each other. And you're going to have to be right with the world. You're going to have to understand your responsibility to the world. That we're to love. We're to serve. We're to give. We're to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. But we have a responsibility as believers in Jesus Christ to the world. We're not to fuss at the world, beat up on the world, try to put down the world, curse the world. We're to forgive as God has forgiven us. So we have to have that kind of relationship with God. The word conviction is a term that every believer needs to clearly understand. Conviction. Let me give you a, defi- a definition of conviction. A conviction is what comes into the heart and mind of a believer from the scriptures that remains until the carnal heart and mind rationalizes it away. Did you know that a lot of us had a whole lot more faith when we were 12 years old than we do t- today? Yes. We walk by faith. When Sunday morning came, kids weren't arguing with parents about if were they are going to go to church. Kids were jumping up and getting out of bed and getting dressed and waiting in the car saying, Mom, when y'all going to come? I don't want to be late to Sunday school. There, there is a relationship that we must understand that has just sort of passed away from believers and that's conviction sin doesn't bother us many it does those walking with God but it doesn't a lot of church members they have no problem they they don't even know what conviction is it's just what's everybody else doing nothing can happen out there in the future in the way of envision until we know individually if we're going to be a part of that we've got to get right with God If we are right with God, then we've got to rejoice in that and thank him and praise him and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Who can I talk to you? And you're going to have an opportunity to do that, as you'll see as we go along in in vision. God gives it. I'm talking about conviction, and Satan takes it away. I don't know where, where you come from in this, but I know where I come from, having been born and raised in this town. Conviction was a lot more apparent when I was growing up than it is now. Things, People were in, under deep conviction back years ago that they just take for granted right now. No difference. No difference. Only there's a paper down there at some church that says they were baptized on a certain, certain date or I joined the church on a certain, certain date. But as far as having a new life in Christ, no. I'm sure I'm talking right now to a bunch of you sitting right here and wish you was at the ball game. You hate to watch a rerun. You just, you, you, you don't, you're just not there as saying, Christ is first in my life. Jesus is first in my life. My conviction is in him. Now, everything that we have that is not of God, everything we're carrying, all this baggage, we need to let it go. I like that old song, let go and let God have this wonderful, marvelous way. we got to turn loose of some things, some bitterness, some hatred. Now, I'm just talking about the individual. I'm talking about me. I'm preaching to me. I spent a whole lot more time preparing this sermon than you will be listening. So I ought to have the greatest conviction of all, and I do. Because it is so important that we don't look at the big scope of things, and not look at ourselves. Lord, what would you have me to do? Read your Bible. The great stories are those that were in rebellion. But one day, the Pauls and the Simon Peters and the Daniels and the davids you name them, they got right with God. And look at the rest of the story. Satan knows that he cannot destroy a believer that is right with the Word of God. If you know the Word of God and you're living by the Word of God, nothing can destroy you because Christ in you is the hope. Where will I get any money? Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father. How will I even know I'm alive? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's all about Him. The burden that we carry should not be the burden that God says, I want to carry the burden. All I want you to do is follow me. I can remember days when my parents didn't trust me with a whole lot of money. If it got beyond a quarter, it was just stay close to your mother. You know, if you wanted $5, you stayed close to your daddy. He was a little bit more lenient. Because he thought he could bribe us, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is God wants to bless his kids. But his kids has got to be right with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everything in us, I want to say it again, that's not of God needs to go right now. So, we have to be right with God. John 15, 3, he says, You are cleansed through the word which I have spoken to you. You know, prayer power comes when we abide in the word of God. It's easier to pray with power when you know you're walking with God. When you're not walking with God, even a good-sounding prayer to you and to God is not the same. But when we walk with God... Good things happen. Look, look at that 7th verse of John 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, listen, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. I mean, that ought to get a hoop and a holler from somebody. You're kidding me, God. You mean that you would really bless me if you'll do what I tell you to do, I will. If you go where I tell you to go, If you go when I say go, stay when I say stay. Stand when I say stand. Sit when I say sit. Speak when I say speak. And shut up when I tell you to be still. And be quiet and know that I'm God. I'll bless you. I'll bless you. That's what he says. That's the way it works. You see, when we're born, this way it works. When we are born again, the old life dies, okay? Now, Jesus died on the cross to pay for our new life, the rebirth. Then three days later, after the burial, Jesus rose from the grave. His sacrifice was accepted. He had paid the price for our sin. And then 40 days later, he ascends up to the Father. But he says, before I go, I am going to leave with you the Holy Spirit. And he will guide you to all truth. Now, what one of us here doesn't need to hear some truth today from God. God, what would you have me to do? What should I be doing this afternoon, tonight, next week? What should I give? Who should I speak to? What should I be involved in at church? Where should I serve? How should I pray? How do all of those things get answered? By simply walking with God. He didn't leave until he sent the Holy Spirit. Now, that's where we are today. We don't see Jesus in the flesh. The heavens declare the glory of God. We celebrate and it's a perfect day as we think about the space program, especially what it means to our air and hazmat. But all of that boils down to who are we in this life right now and where do we fit in to the days to come? I know that in the space program, they did not like to hear the word Houston, we got a problem. That was a bad word. But you know what? There are days that I look up into heaven. And the way that day is going, I have to say, Lord, today I got a problem. And the Lord doesn't say, John, you got to be kidding me. Well, I'm surprised at that. You're the preacher. I mean, you hear all that crazy things. As young as you are, as good looking as you are, as rich as you are, I'm talking about y'all now, not me, all right? (laughs) What is this all about? But the truth of the matter is, we are in a battle every day of our life. Every day, Satan is trying to quit following God. Has he blessed you? You got any money? You hear that church? They're talking about giving money. How much you got? I don't have nothing. That's how much he loves you. No, that's how much he knows you. There's some, it doesn't matter how much we get, we're going to be broke. There are others, it matters not how little the widow's might. was the greatest offering ever given that I've ever read about. She gave what she had. And she got all the blessings that God says comes to a giver when he says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. The only way that we can can handle God's will is to do things God's way. The Sermon on the Mount is not a set of rules and regulations. It's a statement of the life that we will live if we follow Jesus. Go home and read it if we walk with God in these next weeks and months if we walk as he wants us to walk we'll experience what he has for us to experience he will stop us when we need to stop and he'll accelerate when we need to accelerate if everything we do in word or deed is, will be done to the glory of God quickly the second thing, if we're going to be prepared for his visit, I've told you we've got to be right with God. And number two, we've got to be right with each other. If there's anybody you need to forgive, if there's anything in your, in your mind today and you feel hurt, you feel broken, you feel angry, Nobody ever treated any of us worse than they treated Jesus. But he learned how to take your burden to the Lord and do what? Leave it there. None of us will ever have the joy unspeakable and full of glory until we let go and let God take care of things. And he will do exceeding abundantly above all that we think or ask. In that 15th chapter of John, verse 12, the scripture says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That sure does help me make decisions. If I think every day what a wonderful, Change in my life was wrought when Jesus came into my heart. If I think every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before, if I think every day of my life God has blessed me so much. You remember that one who said, I saw the man that I forget exactly where he went, It had no hand, and then I, or no, I was upset because I had no hand, then I met a man had no legs. You know, those kind of cliches. They're so true. There's not a single one of us couldn't walk out of here today and see people that are going through far more than we're going through. But God says it's very important that my children love one another. The Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were just like this. That's the way the family of God has to be. The strength of this church For his 53 years of existence, formally. You can come read the minutes. There's never been an ugly word ever spoken on the floor of this church in a business meeting, ever. Why? Because we love each other because we're following the same God. This is his church, and we all know it. We all know that he is in charge And we all know that he loves his church more than we love his church. And our job is to love each other. We like to sing that song, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Any of you grow up on that song? Oh, How I Love Jesus. Anybody ever write one, Oh, How I Love Each Other? I've not seen that make the top of the charts. But it sure needed, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful to be able to walk around on those, those days when you know as much as in me is, I just love everybody today. I just love everybody. I mean, I could eat, eat sauerkraut and weenies today. I feel so good. I could even love them. I heard one little boy said, well, I, you know, I, I, he said, you'll eat it and like it. He said, well, I'll eat it, but I won't like it. That's about as far as most of us get. But it sure is good when you realize when you're dealing with each other. You got it right with God. Now we're going to get it right with each other. John 15, 16. You've not chosen me. I chose you. I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, and that whatsoever you shall ask of my Father in his name, I will give it to you. Be careful. Be careful. Pastor, be careful. I'm preaching myself now. That you be as obedient to Jesus as you possibly can for the rest of your life. The moment we try to change things if we think they needed changing, and we go that route, we're in trouble. But every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. It's good when I was four years old. It's good now. And the same thing is true with you. Our job is to be right with God, to be right with each other. And quickly on the third one, but very important, we must understand our relationship to the world. We're not to be spiritual criticizers gripers. We get in the same conversations politically, monetarily, institutionally, always wanting to fight. Everyone always wanted to fuss just like everybody else does, it would appear. Listen to John 15, 18. Now listen, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world... The world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Does that hurt your feelings? You go out to eat today, you look around the restaurant, and half the people in there hate you. You got the last one in the cafeteria line. You know, that kind of thing. But here's what he says. Remember the word I said unto you, the servant's not greater than his lord. If they persecuted me, Jesus said, they're going to persecute you also. If they've kept my saying, they'll keep keep yours also. But all these things will they do to you for my Father's name's sake because they don't know him that sent us. You know the reason people don't know, they don't like us? They don't know him. If they knew him, they would understand us better. That we're no better than them. Right, we have no less temptations. But we have greater power. If Christ in us. Remains the hope of glory. So the world rejected Jesus. Now it is. It's rejecting Jesus. Churches are going down in attendance. Spiritual things are being laughed at. And thrown aside. But you know what? That's exactly what this book says is going to happen. Exactly. It's all there. Does it upset you that people don't even like you, much less love you? Jesus said, join the crowd. They were the same way towards me. The world hates Jesus, but Jesus loved them enough to die on the cross for their sin. Dear God, help us to be like that. Help me to be like that. Help me to see others as Jesus sees others, loves them. Heart is broken because he knows their sins have been paid. I did it on the cross. And they're still going to die on their sin, trying to be religious or trying to be happy. So as we prepare for a visitation of God's Spirit, remember this. We've got to make our relationship with God number one. Enjoy our relationships with each other and understand our relationship to the world. Could I tell you what that is? Conform not to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your spirit. The money you throw away in this world will never bring you happiness. But every penny you give to the Lord, God will bless. That's just who he is. He cares for his kids. He set the example, and we are to walk in obedience. Never, never, never should the church conform to this world. For those of you that are our guests today, and I close with just one thought. This church is debt free. That you have not seen an offering plate come by you today, and you will not see one for you to put money in. This church learned many, many years ago that our God will supply our needs according to his riches. And there's no church in my generation that has seen the power of God financially like this one has. Simply because we don't have a backup. When we say envision, envision, I just can't wait. That building will never be built. Not one brick will be laid that the money's not in the bank to pay for that brick. And so far, for a half of a century plus, God has blessed. And if this is God's will, and I believe it is, he will at this time. But we're his kids. He doesn't want to bless the bank and them loan it to his kids. God wants to bless his kids and cut out the middleman. Every good and every perfect gift comes from where? Down from the Father. The bank fell today. The church stands. Don't you ever forget it. You remember you were sitting. I remember when that was the skyscraper of Pasadena. Oh, my goodness. We could tell our friends in Mississippi. (laughs) We got a skyscraper in Pasadena. But you know what? It failed today, but the churches in Pasadena are still there, having church today. That's the way God is.